I'm your new announcer. Previously on the Sportzilla Show. Oh, I like your funny words, Magic Man. Unless he just, for lack of a better term, poops the bed. You know what I'm saying? When the lights are on, I feel that this guy's going to be a good football player. The Sportzilla Show. LeBron James. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Live and local, it's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Sportszilla Show. Uh, we are using Spider Tack today so we can get a better grip. Uh, we have, uh, I threw a, an olive branch out and Spencer Davidson grabbed it and it stuck to his hand. So we reeled him back in and he's in studio with us again today. My name is Rain Matt Page. The glue guy is here. We're ready to go till four o'clock. I do want to give you a preemptive strike, though, before we get started. Uh, Gary Gate press conference, which we have been monitoring, uh, happened. And Brent Axe spoke to Gary, the new coach of the Syracuse men's lacrosse team. And you will hear that at 520 today. Axe reached out, said, we'll do you solid. We make sure we let everybody know. Guys, let's all make a mental note to remind everybody listening to ESPN Radio in Central New York that that is on the way today, especially if you're a lacrosse fan. So we'll go around the room. How is everybody? Glue, how you doing? Good. You gave me an assignment as soon as we got on the air. I did. Um, stand by for that because we got to talk about the Sportzilla Open or the match. Wednesday is like Sportscaster Day, and, and I know that you're you're a sports director yourself with KTV, but we're talking about our guys Mark Larson with Spectrum, talking about Mario Sacco with News Channel 9, and we're talking about Nico Tamurian um, from CNY Central. And apparently everybody wants in on this now. It, it started a little bit of a firestorm on Twitter. It's been rather entertaining since yesterday. Eric Columbia jumped in. He works with Mario. And he said, basically, the, the course is going to be left in terrible condition. And that's the real casualty of the, the Central New York Sportscaster golf match that we have somehow instigated. Which I have not been invited to yet. Um, but then... Speaking of Brent Axe, Axe apparently wants in to make this a foursome. And I think that my money is on Mark Larson. I, I have to make a pick, but I'm hemming and hawing a little bit because I don't know. I don't know if I want to choose a winner this soon. It's not until Tuesday. So Wednesday, we're going to get a report in on all this. I'm sure the, the crap will start on social media. Of course. Yeah, you know, Tuesday, probably They're saying that Nico is going to tweet like 30 times while they're playing golf, I believe. Uh, I'm referencing actually Mario Sacco's tweets, which was the homework assignment I gave the glue guy. So what did he say? There was two of them, right? Yeah. So he goes, before we head out to Gary Gates Presser, we need to talk about a couple things. Um, let's touch on the uh, CBW odds. Wait a minute. Prep for the interview with Gary Gate, the incoming men's lacrosse coach, wasn't the priority. It was setting... Well, the, I'm pretty sure he took care of that beforehand. It was setting the rules and the guidelines for the golf match, the Sportsilla Open, next Tuesday between these guys. I'm going with that story. That's my okay. name. I'm spinning right. it that way. I, I firmly believe that this was priority number one today. Yeah, for sure. Continue. Of course, the smart money is on... Father Time, which is uh, apparently Mark Larson's new, new nickname. <laughs> How you feel about that? Wait, repeat that. Father Time. <laughs> oh, well, he's low. got you know he's got the whole salt and pepper look. Low blow. So he's the oldest one yes, that'll be on. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, go ahead. Mark is like the Patrick Reed of the group. Wins a few times, but you should probably be the one counting his strokes. Oh, see, this is just setting up the kerfuffle. I'm telling you, this is the, this is setting up the kerfuffle, which actually we won't officially get to till. Three o'clock, that is the sports beef that's out there in the sports landscape. Continue. 
As for Nico, the over-under tweet sent out during a match <laughs> is set at 30. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Hashtag always grounding, grinding, by the way. Oh, man. So who is does Larson win this? Does slow and steady and the experience, the life experience? The win, grizzled vet. The, win the race in this? Yeah. That's who I'm going with. I'm going to go with uh, Mark Larson to win. Is, no, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go with Nico. I'm going to give Nico some love. I, you, you never bet against Nico Tamarian. Unbelievable. I've, I've I've learned that working with him over the last few years. Guys there, always going to come a through. story behind that? Ah, guys always going to come through. Look, you know, we him being out in Syracuse, me being here when teams from from this area go out to Syracuse, you know, and he goes to a game that would be relevant to our area, he'll send me stuff. You know, vice versa, if we have a team locally that's playing a game, um, you know, I'll send the video out to him. He, he sends me a lot of Syracuse athletics uh, stuff since physically I can't get out there all the time. Um, so, you know, he's a, he's a proven winner, that guy, and, and I think he comes through uh, in the clutch. Well, you you have obviously both covered the Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup with the crunch and the Comets. You tend to cover the Comets a little bit more being in this market. He covers the crunch, but there is the crunch street, the, the street crunch game. Yeah, and I'm bitter about that still. The street hockey game, and you're a ringer. I mean, you are legitimately a state champion in hockey, and you could really help out Team Nico. And and I want you on Team Nico. You are not allowed to accept an invitation on Team Axe. I want Axe's (laughs) team to lose, and I I state this every year. I've been doing this when I was still full-time on K-Rock. I've always had that stance. Nico appreciates that. Axe has flipped me off numerous times because of it. We've got. I'm, f- I'm sure it's because of other reasons, but continue. We've got to figure out a way to get this done. I just, I, ha- I've been asking Nico when he's going to sign me to the one day contract for like six years. Oh, we got to get this done. Okay, we're going to facilitate this now that you're in studio with us regularly on the Sports Illustrated Show. It's ESPN Radio. Uh, I wanted to mention Alex Sims too. She's jumped in on this too. Yes, she has. What, what was she saying? Uh, she says the that. She should be the one to jump in and take all the money. Oh, we can. And then she showed a video of her uh, her golf swing, which looks pretty perfect. Okay, I have to get back on social media and share this. Wait a minute, Axe doesn't need to be part of this if we can get Alex Sims in this, and she can wipe the floor with these three. That'd be fantastic. She she seems to have the best golf swing overall. Uh, I don't know. Look I don't, pretty good. I, I don't know anyone else's golf swing. Okay, this might have to be a recurring thing. The first match is Tuesday, and then we're going to have to keep setting them up throughout the course of the summer. That's when sports slows down a little bit, right? Uh, clearly not around here. Uh, we're going to have just baseball to talk about ultimately in a, little, in a couple of weeks. And then yep. once the Stanley Cup is over and once the NBA Finals are over, boy, this is getting good. This is getting real good. If if we get her in on this, my money's on her. Okay. My money is on her. Good to know. Rest of the game plan here on the Sports Illustrated Show with ESPN Radio. Uh, let's see. Doesn't matter. Just a couple minutes away. We got Nick Els uh, to talk some Yankees with us. Give you a little bit of a preview of Yankees on deck, which will be back on the airwaves at six o'clock tonight as they look to sweep the Minnesota Twins. The bats have returned. That's very exciting. Um, Matt and I will return at six to do just that. Sound checks at two thirty today. You're killing me, Smalls. We got to talk about cancel culture in Major League Baseball. Uh, then the kerfuffle. Uh, we got to talk a little bit more about this golf match, the J. Will KD Giannis story, Garrett Cole versus Josh Donaldson, which is not really materializing, even though, well, the media would love that. And I don't know if Josh Donaldson wants to, but he he basically got made to look really bad by Garrett last night. Yeah, Donaldson doesn't want that smoke. He got embarrassed. Garrett Cole has just been stoic, tight-lipped, yep, and isn't letting it happen. What did you say earlier? Give us the reference from Mean Girls. Oh, stop trying to make Fetch happen. Stop. It's not going to happen. Fetch is not going to happen. I'm such a good friend. 
Spencer hooked us up with John Shestakovsky today, VP of Communications with the Baseball Hall of Fame, with them moving the induction ceremony to September of this year. We're going to have a conversation on the phone with him. Good get, Spencer. And then Jordan Capozzi joins us. Yes, uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Jcap, you all know and love him. He'll be back in for odds makers at 3.30. So there you go. We're set up. We're ready to roll. We've had a few fun conversations. We're going to talk about Gary Gate in just a couple minutes in a little bit further detail. But it's time for Matt to ask us some questions. It's called Does It Matter? Does it matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Does it matter? You dare interrupt me. Call me, oh, oh. call me out. We've got Katie running Twitch today. I wanted to give her some credit. Okay. Uh, because she's going to be responsible for the first Twitch poll, which we don't have any idea what it is yet, but something will come out of our mouths very soon, and we'll make sure to put that up there. You be nice to Katie in the Twitch chat. Then again, she won't take your crap. Go with your questions. Uh, Spencer, who do you have winning said golf match? Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm going with, with Nico. Although, I, I got to say, Alex would be the, the, okay. the dark horse. Right. But, uh, you know, I just... I've learned that you can't you can't bet against Nico Tamurian. I mean, it's that simple. And 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 as bitter as I am towards him for not adding me to his street hockey team yet, um, I'm I'm still hoping that you know if I if I side with him, I can you know bribe him to to be able to get out there. CBW's in the chat, and he thinks that Alex is too good for these guys. Fair enough. Uh, from what I'm reading here, if Fair I'm enough. understanding his comment in the Twitch chat, Q Sports Talk correctly. Well, he was asking a question. Yes. He wasn't suggesting necessarily. He was asking. So I guess we could provide the answer. I'm just going to say yes, because anybody would be better than us. They're scared. Yeah. that That's what I'm, I think those guys are scared of her. And rightfully so. Uh, yeah, I think that's justifiable. You got a question? Uh, does it matter that the Yankees won 9-6 to last night? It's been... It's been nice to see them hitting. Yeah. Andujar mm-hmm. hitting. Giancarlo finally hitting. Judge has been the one guy consistently hitting. Uh, Gio a little bit, but yeah. Judge, man, it is free and easy. If he plays like this all year and they maintain his health with the numbers that he puts up and the Yankees get where they want to be, which is obviously playoffs, World Series run, you might be looking at your MVP. I think we can start to talk about that right now. Is it too soon? Now that the calendar's in June, we know and we see what's going on. We see who's been stepping up around the league. I mean, I suppose the same could be said for Vlad Guerrero with the numbers he's putting up with Toronto if they get there. But if the Yankees start to really turn this around and rack up some wins and become the team that we thought these bats finally come alive, led by Aaron Judge, he might be in the conversation He's a bona fide top five player in Major League Baseball yeah. when he's healthy and when he's and right. He'll, he'll finally get, you know, he could finally get his MVP that he unjustly lost to a one Jose Altuve yeah. a few years ago. When you put those numbers next to each other, you sit there and you go, he was robbed. Robbed. He was straight up. But that's the same with uh, Andujar, Rookie of the Year yeah, that fair. year. He was robbed too. If you give him consistent at-bats and playing time, do can do. Miguel Andujar has proven he's showing yet again. Put him in the lineup and leave him there. He hits. And and Ryan Rucco, notorious MIG. I new suck. nickname for for Papa for Miguel Andujar. You Love know, it. He's been good so far. I think that leads us to our next question on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. On does it matter? Uh, does it matter that Gary Sanchez has been a bright spot for this team, uh, Spencer? Rain and I have talked about that, but I want to get your thoughts. For sure. I mean, um, you know, this was this is a big year for for Gary Sanchez. Obviously, you know, last year was just a, a horrendous struggle for him. 
Um, the questions have, have, have started whether or not this guy is the Gary Sanchez that we saw in his first his first year or whether this Gary Sanchez is, you know, that was the, that was an enigma yep. year. Um, and, and so far this year, you know, he's gone through his ups and downs, but I like what I see from him um, a little bit more. I think he's gotten better uh, defensively. He's still not great. You know, Higashioka is definitely a much better defensive catcher. Um, he does have that, that he has a heck of an arm. Um, but, you know, I, I like his at-bats better this year, and I think that, you know, he's he's starting to show a little bit more that he can be a more consistent player. Hopefully it continues. But, yeah, I was just about to say, but don't tell me for two seconds that you actually trust that he no. will sustain this. He hasn't shown that yet. Do Correct. it for a few more weeks in a row, and maybe we can cement in the change in narrative on his season and turning it around. Right. I feel like there's less pressure on him this season, so that's why he's doing a lot better defensively and offensively. Well, he's had nothing but time on his hands with yeah. the demotion to being the backup catcher where you basically, you know, before the game, you practice. You get in the cage and you work on your mechanics because it's a mechanics thing. He's too good. Uh, he's got to get back. I would have just taken video of when he was successful and mm-hmm. sat there if I'm Marcus Timms and gone, do this again. This is what you need to do. Get your foot down quicker and get through the baseball Focus on right center field and everything else takes care of itself. That's when he was an all fields hitter. And when he came up and Yankees fans were like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, well, plus, I mean, he burst onto the scene so quickly and, and, and took over the starting job. He never really had any, you know, competition, any adversity in terms of, you know, being taken out of the lineup. Now with, you know, kind of the the um, the uh, the surge of Kyle Higashioka over the last season and a half. Uh, you know, there's there's some challenge for that that starting catcher job, and so now Gary Sanchez may, might have a little fire, you know, lit under his you know what to 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 perform because his him in the lineup every day is no longer guaranteed. I want him to reclaim the starting job because that means he's performing. It's Absolutely. that simple. If, Absolutely. If you play and you hit, it will be your job. You will catch more often. And Higashioka goes back to being a once a week Garrett Cole catcher. That, that being said, I've been very happy with. Excuse me, I've been very happy with Higashioka this year. Uh, I saw a lot of people upset that Sanchez wasn't starting last night because of how hot he's been as of late, uh, uh, offensively. Yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right. Are we uh, past the time of our first break, Blue uh, Guy? Uh, yeah, we just got there. Does oh. it matter? Um, does it matter? But um, you got to spider tack my arm and reel me in, and then I can't let go. I, I got to just stay right there in the moment and say, you know what? We're going to take a quick pause. We'll continue the Yankees conversation in just a couple minutes. We'll do that with Nick Ailes, and we're going to get in here. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk. Hang on. That's all next. It's ESPN Radio. It's the Sports Zella Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. The Sportzilla Open Tuesday Central New York Sportscaster golf match is highly entertaining. Go to at ESPN Sportzilla on Twitter and just in, enjoy. Uh, more and more people are piling in on this, uh, but the more I, I kind of look through and I investigate, I've never been more secure in my choice of Alex Sims if she ends up being the fourth in this between Mark Larson, Mario Sacco, and Nico Tamorian. Oh, Paul uh, Scabilia is getting himself involved now. Uh, oh, what did Scabilia Waka Waka Hey from Orange Nation have to say? Where are my free clubs, Mario? What's the, what's that about? I have no clue. Okay, we're going to need some background in this. We'll return to Twitter later because we're live here on the air on ESPN Radio with the Sportsilla Show. 
And worth a mention to us is the Yankees, at least for the past couple of days, and hopefully again tonight, being able to break out a broom, taking it to the Minnesota Twins. Then again, don't they seem to own them in the postseason? As is tradition, the Yankees feast upon the Minnesota Twins. It's been good to see. Um, we were looking in the in the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk uh, as far as Garrett Cole, because a huge narrative of the game was his our his RPMs, his spin rate. Um, RP, is it RPMs? No, that's a car thing, right? No, you're right. No, you're right. Right yeah. for a minute. Revolutions per minute. Yeah. It's, it's not the same as RPMs with the car. Oh, see, I got that confused. Yeah. I was just playing dumb for a narrative. Uh, fact of the matter is, um, who was it? Michael that was saying he goes to the brim of his hat in the game and you can see in the cameras there's a little something there. Is it sweat or is it the spider tack? Very interesting. Um, his press conference yesterday has just, uh, it, it has opened up a can of, Steve Austin said it, whoop. Leap. Yeah, it really has uh, this. This seems to be he's the target of this. Yeah. And it's dominating the conversations. Um, he's going to be fine regardless. He's too good. Uh, they, they showed the numbers. They've showed comparisons from five days ago when he got lit up for five runs as opposed to the start prior to that. And then last night's start. It, it's all within the same ballpark quotes included in the same ballpark. His revolutions per minute. He's an elite pitcher. Uh, we've got to stop with that nonsense. And and how they handle this is to be determined in a lot of ways. Yeah. This is just the beginning of this story. Mm-hmm. It's going to dominate. Nick Ailes is on the phone with us. Uh, are you coming back in for Yankees on deck later on tonight, buddy? Yeah, I'll be here. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what's your take on what's going on with Garrett Cole? Well, you know, it's kind of a, a, a very terribly kept secret that uh, pitchers in the game – are using something, whether it be spider tag, suntan lotion, anything like that, to get a competitive advantage. So I think that Garrett Cole being used as the scapegoat in all this seems very unfair. Uh, but, you know, that might be my Yankee bias talking a little bit. I, I just think the whole thing is in, is, is in bad taste. It makes the league look bad. The players look bad. Nobody looks good coming out of this. Let's, uh, let's focus on a, a little bit more positive news regarding the, the Yankees right now, Nick. And, um, you know, last night you saw Sancho, uh, excuse me, Stanton. You know, two home runs. Judge home run. Brett Gardner got a few hits, and Duhar, you know, went yard. Just it, it's so tough with this team because they seem to get on stretches of a couple of days where they look fantastic, and then they have a week and a half where they look horrendous. But that being said, last night's game. What was your impression of the Yankees' offense? Does it give you any type of hope that maybe they can start to break out of this slump? Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic on this team. I always love when we play the Twins because, you know, we get to beat up on the Twins, and that's always fun. But, you know, Stan looked really good. He had two homers on 0-2 pitches. I read he was like the first Yankee in 30 years to do something like that. That's that's crazy. Judge looked good. All of them looked good. So uh, the pitching they faced was not necessarily top-tier level, but they they strung together some quality at-bats to pull in Aaron Boone here. I liked what I saw. The at-bats were coming together, you know. So I think um, that this is a good step to, to build momentum. you got to take it one day at a time. And they really, uh, against the Twins, they've been building it up. And I like what, I like what I'm seeing. It feels like Aaron Boone's post-game press conference comments finally actually match the performance and what we're witnessing yeah. on the field. Matt, go. Are you worried about the weekend series against the Phillies going against a lot of former Yankees? Obviously, with the team being swept by the Red Sox over the weekend, you and I were talking about how it would be apropos for the Yankees to go out there and sweep Girardi and the Phillies 
and hopefully the bats are now awakened. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really worried about the the Phillies. The NL East is a, an interesting division, to, to say the least. A lot of underperformances this year. I, I'm actually looking forward to this series. I'd like to see former Yankees when they match up to see how they do, how they're going to take it in. I like to see handshakes and all that sort of stuff, talking with former teammates before the game. So I'm looking forward to this series, but for a, a game type, uh, game day type of perspective, I'm not really too worried. Talking to Nick Ells here, he'll be back in to help us analyze the Yankees and the Twins last night with the Yankees on deck at 6 o'clock. It is ESPN Radio, but right now we get a chance to pick his brain a little bit about what he saw. Michael Kay on his radio show, and obviously Ryan Rocco has been stepping into the yes play-by-play seat and chair and grabbing that mic for him, uh, but he was on his ESPN radio show and he was talking about Donaldson where, where you know, they want a kerfuffle. They want sports beef. They want these two to go at it in the press. The, me- the media is building it up. We're, and absolutely looking for one of them to say something. But we talked about this a few minutes ago. Garrett Cole went out there and shut that down, literally on the field and then afterwards where he said, this is not going to become a thing. But Michael Kay said prior to the game, Maybe if you're Garrett Cole, you throw one at Josh Donaldson's ribs to send a message. That obviously didn't happen. And he said he wasn't condoning it. But in reality, glue guy, he was Come on. He was condoning. He it. was condoning it. And then I even made the statement yesterday. And I'm like, why don't you? Because he threw him under the bus. And if you have to pick the one player in Major League Baseball as this issue is building and building and building, the poster child for it is Garrett Cole. Right. I mean, he's getting a lot of vitriol and, and, and a tough narrative. And maybe he's spoken himself and boxed himself into a corner, but his performance is going to get himself back out of there, Nick. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you're Josh Donaldson, probably the worst person to run your mouth off about is the guy who can throw 100 miles per hour with pinpoint control. But, no, I think I, I was – anti-throw at Donaldson. I think that was the worst thing to do if he decided to do it because it just makes you look guilty that if Josh Donaldson comes out and says, well, Garrett Cole's the poster boy, he's doing this, he's doing that, and then you throw at him, that pretty much shows that, yeah, I am doing it. Wait, 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 Why can't he just throw at him once? Just just one time? Just make me and Spencer happy? Dust, dust him off. Just just once? Dust him off. Just, does that make I, one time make him look guilty? Crowd the plate. You can crowd the plate on him, but if you're aiming for the ribs, that's a different story, don't you think? Yeah, just the bottom two ribs. Oh, oops, my finger slipped. Yeah, they're not necessary. You don't you don't throw up at the neck or the head, but you get him in the ribs, or maybe you hit him in the butt, uh, something like that. It sets a, it makes a statement. Keep my name out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessarily makes him look guilty because he went out there last night. I'm assuming he wasn't using the spider tack, and he looked like Garrett Cole to me. Did he yep. Did he look any different to you? No, no. no. And that's the thing is Garrett Cole is somebody that can, you know, he doesn't need to necessarily throw at somebody, though, because his, his performance can, can back it up. Would it, I'd, rather, I'd rather him strike out Josh Donaldson and, and give him a stare down, to be honest. Is it because the, the Twins aren't really a major concern for the Yankees. If it was somebody on the Red Sox, say, for example, or maybe it was J.D. Martinez, yeah. you know, one of the best players on your rival, or a Rosarena said something, you know, one of the better players on the Rays, would that make it? More likely that Garrett Cole might have spoken with a with a pitch in the ribs. Yeah. Do you think, Nick? Yeah, I, I think so. I think because let's let's be honest, Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees they they don't like each other. The Twins are like the Yankees' little brothers. You know, they just keep sure. pushing them away. 
Twins want to come up and play. They don't let them. But when you, you get a guy on teams who just don't like each other, if it was in a Rosarena, or for example, and he comes out saying stuff like that, I think we're going to see some bench-clearing brawls. But the fact is that didn't happen. And I think Eric Cole was put in a, a tough situation last night and went out and did the best that he could in the situation, struck out Donaldson twice, gave him that awesome stare down, yep. threw a good game, and uh, he, he looked overall like the gear cold that we were expecting. Nick, I don't know if you saw Pete Alonzo's comments about MLB doctoring the baseballs, depending on free agency class, and if you did, what were your comments, thoughts on that? I did see that, and I think he's playing a dangerous game. He's almost, he's kind of under the table insinuating collusion uh, on Major League Baseball's part. And for a third-year player guy, uh, for any guy, really, he's, he's, he better come up with some strong evidence because this this is a, an accusation that won't just go away on its own. Well, they, I mean, they did change the baseballs. They're slicker, and they're about an ounce lighter. But uh, did, was MLB doing this because of the free agent class? Right. Probably not. And, and that's the difference is he is going beyond that, jumping mm. the shark, and he is making this straight-up could be potentially conspiracy theory territory, but because he says that, and when you're on the the Mets and you're in a big market, which is going to draw even more attention to it with the media. And you're Pete Alonzo, one of the premier players. Yeah, you're a rookie of the year. Yeah. I, you're going to have to answer that if you're Major League Baseball, and you got to provide proof. Eventually, it's going to become an issue, and then you get a work stoppage as a result of this as the league and the players' union are battling back and forth. Uh, that could have been, he could have lit the match right there to start that and make that an issue. Nick, we'll check back in with you after 6 o'clock tonight for Yankees on Deck. Thanks for a few minutes of your time right now to talk about last night's game. It's ESPN Radio on the SportsZilla Show. We're going to come back with Soundcheck next. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. Spencer Davidson called me a professional in Q Sports Talk uh, comment section in the chat on twitch.tv. Uh, CBW wants to know how I'm not laughing at all the tweets. I'm telling you, go to at ESPN Sportzilla. Uh, it all kind of breaks down in there. The Sportzilla Open golf match, uh, which it started with Nico, Mark Larson, and Mario Sacco. And but it's now not, it's like 10 people. It's branched out. Brent Axe wants in on this. Alex Sims wants in on this. Eric Columbia has gotten in on this. And there's others now. This has been building and brewing over the last couple of hours. We may need Spencer to go cover this. Bring a camera. Yeah. Spencer, sports director, WKTV. Uh, cover the other sportscasters in central New York who you've worked with. And for a while, it was all on Zoom. I know it, it's it's been it's bizarre. I did I did an interview uh, yesterday with John uh, Shestakovsky from the Hall of Fame that we will have on uh, a little bit later on, and it was we were commenting about how great it is that we can talk in person and you know and and I don't have to have I had a lo- like a long pole that you put yep. the mic at the yep. end of, and you know this one I could you know stand close to him and and no masks, and it's just you know it's it's great to uh, you know to. to to have so many things that I think we took for granted in life uh, before all this happened and now be slowly returning to, to normal. It's it's just been great. You know, uh, that's called a, a shotgun mic, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Yes, sir. There you go. What is a voice over straight to tape? What's that called? What's that terminology in TV? Oh, uh, for the for the sound. Yeah, like, I was yeah, focused on radio. A, vo- a vosot. That's what yeah. I, that's what I was talking about. I Voice over the, sound on tape. I forgot yep. the term because I haven't done TV stuff since college, yep. and, and I always focused on radio. And, and now it's been seventy five. Lots of vosots. Seventy five years that I've been on the radio in Central New York. Listen, we've got some sound check to get to. 
Um, let's start with the Gary Gate press conference, which we were monitoring right up until we got on the air. Uh, please note that Brent, when he's on the block today at 520, will have Gary Gate on the air, the new Syracuse University men's lacrosse coach. Um, I don't know what caught your attention, but I've got some sound clips. So I want to share those with you. I want you to pick the one that you want to respond to, Spencer, okay? okay? And, and glue, you do the same. Um we got Gary talking about his conversations with Desco, about hiring his staff, about how long he has been thinking about this job. Obviously, you know, what, 13, 14 years coaching the women's team and possibly being the Michael Jordan of the sport. Uh, it's just you got to have a legend of his magnitude following Desco. Uh, talking about recruiting, uh, talking about what this summer is going to look like. What do you want to hear first and respond to? What was your biggest takeaway as we were watching the presser? I think the, just the opportunity, how much it means to him. Um, you know, he, he spent a long time on the women's side of the game, and he felt like that's where he, he said he felt like that's where he brought the most value for a while. But, you know, I just think it was always bound to come full circle with him returning to, to SU men's lacrosse. Let's catch a, a couple of sound bites from Gary Gate. Let's start with recruiting, playing off of what you said, Spencer, uh, because we have addressed this, Matt, all week when the news broke and everything, that this is going to be a big concern. Joyce Bellina is another one. You know what I'm saying? We've had that conversation. you got to make sure he's good. Uh, and we knew Desco was down in Long Island visiting with him. And then after that, you hear about him retiring. And after that, you hear about Gary Gate. So these are quick moving developments. Moving the recruiting date back to September 1 of the junior year will help us. I think it'll take away a lot of the guesswork. And I think there's still um, opportunity to find the best players now that you wait till their junior year. It's much easier to identify a top player as they've matured a little bit physically and as a player. Um, so I think the other key will be to, to strategize our recruiting and make sure that we're recruiting for a specific position, specific players. And uh, I think one of my focuses is to is to be really targeted on the recruiting and, and maybe reduce the size of the classes a little bit, um, but just make sure we get the top kids in each position. It's a luxury when, first of all, you have Syracuse University behind you mm -hmm. as the entity that you're representing. You go from John Desco and his 46 years of a legendary Hall of Fame career, and then the next person walking in the door is Gary Gate to continue that legacy when you're trying to get the best players in the country to come play for your school. There is no other choice and course of action. Absolutely. And, you know, one, one of the great things, too, is, uh, you know, Gate has said that he's already spoken to Desco, you know, a few times. Uh, Desco has reached out to him, said, anything I can do to help, I will. He said that they're going to sit down and have a sit-down meeting uh, in, in in a few days here. And so to have that resource and kind of keep that continuity, the guys that Desco has been talking to, trying to recruit, That's right. he's going to help pass that along to Gate. And then, like you said, Rain, I mean, having a name like Gary Gate, I mean, that'll speak for itself when it comes to recruiting. It's, it's great it, that there's no animosity between the two. It's seamless glue, right? Absolutely. Yeah. In continuity, it's a big thing. Listen, it's Overall, no, the results haven't been there recently over recent seasons, but there's still enough there to work with. And it's it's not like you have to rip this down to build this back up. It's not like a complete teardown. There's a not. lot to work with here. And I think a few tweaks, a couple of key players. Uh, Gary kind of takes 
and puts his stamp on what he sees this team doing, implements a few different systems and programs, and just a lot of coaching is talking, communication, and, and that's done off the field sometimes. Sometimes that's just done over lunch or, you know, a walk from the locker room out to the practice field and things like that. Um, and, man, this is a perfect guy for the job. For, it really is. For sure. And and I think another thing that, that stood out to me about what he said today was, you know, he's really looking to build a team with chemistry. Um, he said that, the, you know, the chemistry and the camaraderie, you know, means just as much, if not more, than the X's and O's. So it's not so much... Um, well, obviously, it comes down to if the guys can execute on the field. But at the same time, he wants to build a, a team with character. He wants to build a team with uh, cohesiveness. Yes. And so, you know, that's something that I thought was very interesting for his focus. Because obviously, you know, being a, being a player, um, you know, a player that, that performed, you know, the X's and O's are important. But I think he sees the value beyond that. What's off the field, what's in the locker room, which obviously this year, uh, you know, the Orange had a, had a difficult time with, you know, with the Chase Scanlon incident um, and, and which just kind of tore the team apart. T- today's athlete is wired differently for countless reasons right. than, than back in the day. Even when Gary was a, an athlete and a student at Syracuse, and that's far different from when Coach Deskos, when, when he started his playing career. So I, I think having... The ability to pick John Desco's brain, if you're Gary Gay, what a huge benefit to have. And then those two philosophies kind of can mold what they're trying to do today and currently. But speaking of those conversations with Desco, here's what Gary Gate had to say a little earlier. Well, he's already been a tremendous help. He's, he's reached out um, two or three times already to say, you know, come player updates. Don't forget about this player. I got this player going. So he's been tremendous in that way. And before the press conference, he called me and, uh, you know, said I, he had an appointment, but he wished he was here and that um, whatever I needed, he's willing to help. And we're, we've already set up a meeting to sit down and talk about the players and his opinions and, and get his input. And I certainly told him that, you're welcome to come out to any practice. You know, an extra set of eyes never hurts. And enjoy enjoy watching, say hi to the kids anytime he wants. And, uh, you know, I think that's important because, you know, he's been such an incredible champion for this program, and he deserves that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have opportunities in the near future to honor his greatness and what he's done here. Sound check with some words from Gary Gate here on ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show. On the subject of John Desco, out of the mouth of Gary Gate, I wanted to share what he said about the impact that Coach Desco has had on him. Well, well, I think going back to my playing days, John, you know, he was, you know, very, uh, he was the structure, the backbone of our program. You know, uh, Coach Simmons, was amazing. He was spiritual. He was uh, unique. He was different. But John really dialed in the game and what we needed to do to have success. And I think it made me realize that you have to be able to do both and teach both the game and then take the other side that uh, Coach Simmons always did, uh, you know, from developing talent to getting you to feel good about yourself to giving you the confidence to go out and make plays so john he's also been a great support 
while I've been here as a women's coach. And to, to be able to sit down with them and navigate the waters here when I first took over was amazing. Uh, we've spent a lot of time over the years together um, socially. Uh, our, we're, we're good friends. Our wives are good friends. And we've had a lot of uh, fun activities and done a lot of fun stuff. And just being around them gives you an opportunity of, you know, I'm pretty calm, but he's, he's really become a very calm coach and, and collective, and he really thinks about everything. And I think I've learned a lot uh, from him about that. You always wonder when a new coach is put in place of a team, hmm, how is this going to play out? To me, it feels like this is just right and everything is going to get better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I completely agree. I think, you know, uh, again, bringing in a, a legend like Gary Gate to succeed a, a legend in John Desco, um, it's just a continuation of, of the tradition of Syracuse lacrosse. And I think, you know, to me, the big thing that stands out is just the cohesiveness uh, between Desco and Gate. Um, you know, it could have been a very different situation, uh, but it seems like Desco is going to be, you know, along with Gate for every step of the way, and that could not be more valuable. I mean, that's like having, you know, Jim Beheim once he retires to be able to use as a resource for the next coach. It, it's just it's just invaluable to have somebody step in line with that. That's been there for so long. Absolutely. Yeah, truly Syracuse Lacrosse, I think, is in a very good position. Up next, you're killing me. Smalls, our sports festivus or airing of our sports grievances. Talking about cancel culture, talking about uh, sticky stuff and foreign substances and MLB, and the poster child of it, next on ESPN Radio. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah! Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Before we officially get into our sports festivus, our You're Killing Me Small segment, our airing of the sports grievances. Well, let me play you a piece of sound that it pertains to. Chris Canty on ESPN in New York uh, playing into this conspiracy th- theory issue with maybe Major League Baseball is doing something to the baseballs themselves, facilitated, of course, by Pete Alonzo of the Mets that we were talking about a few minutes ago. Chris Canty says the baseballs are being doctored in MLB. So what's going on here? Is it sticky stuff, foreign substances, or is it the league messing with the ball while we're seeing all of this this year? Let me play this audio first, then react. The start of this has to be what Major League Baseball is doing to the actual baseball. Them tweaking it and them changing it from season to season has created a lot of gray areas, and, and I think it's led to the product from an entertainment standpoint being nearly unwatchable. So, I mean, while we're sitting here talking about the hitters not being able to touch these pitchers today because of the sticky stuff, I mean, a, a part of this equation is also what Major League Baseball has done to the actual ball. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, up until a few years ago, I didn't even really know that they changed the ball from year to year. It just seems like, you know, like last year, balls are just like bouncing off of bats. I mean, they were flying. And so now this year, it's the complete opposite where guys can't hit. So, um, you know, I just I, I just want more consistency from year to year. I just I just want to see a baseball be a baseball and not constantly have these changes because, you know, I mean, they're great for storylines. Hey, the hit, you know, home runs are up this year. It's ridiculous how much guys are clubbing. But, you know, now this year nobody could hit. It's just just 
make it a baseball. Well, what about the fact that this whole issue has been focused and centered on Garrett Cole, who's taking the brunt of this? Right. Well, when you're the you know you're the the highest paid pitcher and you pitch for the Yankees, high profile. You're going to be looked at. They're targeting Garrett Cole. They're targeting Trevor Bauer. You feel the same way as I do. Yeah, I was uh, I was sick of seeing all of the screenshots across Twitter last night talking about Garrett Cole and how was his velocity compared to last start and the start before then. It was just frustrating to see all of the all the people trying to build a narrative last night on Twitter. Tim Kirkshin. Yeah, it's not fair to go after him solely on this and obviously if a lot of other pitchers were asked the same question i'd be interested to see how they answer it but he just happened to be the first guy and a lot more guys are going to get asked this question because this is a big story and it's going to get bigger my guess is starting monday when the umpires really start to check pitchers they're going to start checking potentially infielders and catchers. And this this is a big story that has legs. Uh, baseball is concerned about this issue. And when the umpires are on board, and from all indications, the umpires are on board to do the checking, that's when you know this is a serious matter. And I'm now fascinated to see uh, how this process is going to take place I mean, policing this, enforcing this is going to be very difficult, but it's going to happen at some point and soon. You know, yeah. it, it's just this is something that the league has not enforced as strictly in the past. And so now what you're doing is you're saying these guys are horrible. These guys are cheaters for something that wasn't really, you know, an issue in the past. I mean, if it, if it was made really obvious you know, like with Michael Pineda when he was on the Yankees a few years ago, he was tossed out. But it's just, you know, this was not as big of a deal. This has been going on since the beginning of the of the game uh, for, yeah. for a century, whether it's the, the sticky pirate, sticky tack, it's yeah. rosin, it's sunscreen, it's hair gel, whatever it could be. Uh, there's always been something, a spitball back in the day with Gaylord Perry. There was mm-hmm. always, there's always been some type of a substance the pitchers have used to grip the ball, make it move. It's different in this sense from the steroid era. Yes, it's the biggest scandal since the steroid era, but that there was always things that the the players. I mean, there was a cocaine issue. Yeah, you know, there was an amphetamines issue within the yeah. game. If you go back within its history and whatnot, chewing tobacco viewed yeah. as a stimulant. Yeah. Stimulant. So, no, it's not the same. I mean, using steroids was clearly the most egregious offense, but that was basically locked into one period of time where the doctoring of baseballs in one form or another has been there for the entirety of the history of the game. So I don't know how you rationalize this on both sides. I mean, there's got to be limits to it. But it's always kind of happened. Absolutely. But if you're but if you're Major League Baseball and you're altering baseballs each year to have different outcomes and different results, how are you how are you gonna look at the pitchers and and punish them, you know, for doing something that might alter it slightly as well? I mean, I just think it's kind of hypocritical that, you know, they, they kinda every year alter the baseballs and yet you know, the pitchers are the ones getting punished because of the fact that they're maybe doing something to get a little bit of a competitive edge when it hasn't really been 
enforced? I just how, like how do you do that if you're the league? Well, I don't know, but I will say this: I I, I don't know what the answer is to that. I, I think we're still learning more every day, and more needs to come out because it's been focused on the big names, the marquee names, the guy with a nine-year, $320 million contract for the New York Yankees and Garrett Cole. And I understand that. I understand why they're doing that. They need big names for this narrative. And public perception is becoming what it is about this. But is it going to be policed across the board? Is Wandy Peralta a very low-end reliever going to be hit up with a fine and suspension as well. And if he is, nobody cares. But if it's Garrett Cole or Trevor Bauer or Jacob deGrom or Bieber Shane or, Bieber, yeah. you know, pick another big-name pitcher. In the, Max Scherzer. What, but why are... Kershaw with the Dodgers. Here, here's here's my gripe. Here's my sports festivus and my airing of the grievance. Why is it Garrett Cole that is getting... Canceled! Why is cancel culture taking only Garrett Cole out? I don't quite understand. And for that right now, that's why you get this, because we have to take a break. You're killing me, Smalls. I'm sure we're going to revisit this conversation. It's not going anywhere. The Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Up next, uh, we're going to talk about today's kerfuffle. Uh, John, John Shestakovsky from the Baseball Hall of Fame will join us. Odds makers with Jordan Capozzi at 3.30. Quick break. Hang on. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you mind your own business? Bulletin board material. <laughs> you can't say that, <laughs> but it got said. We've got another Donnie Brook. That is not appropriate behavior. Okay. An athletic brouhaha. You're a meanie. <laughs> Let's go toe-to-toe. It's the Sportzilla kerfuffle. Ah, uh, a classic conundrum. On twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Radio. Yeah, we always try to keep an eye on who's fighting with who, who who's having a junior high fight. <laughs> a kerfuffle, if you will. A Donnybrook, Spencer Davidson. Uh, they're not seeing eye to eye, Matt Page, the glue guy. And there's a few of them uh, right now. So you're saying there's a brouhaha there's on a the horizon? There's a little dust up. A little dust up. Uh, we can start with... Uh, no, 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 we're not going to start with that. You know what? Garrett Cole, Josh Donaldson will revisit that because we want it to become one, but it's not. The J. Will KD Giannis story from the other day is still got legs. They're still talking about that. And Giannis uh, isn't even really involved. No, he just, his name got dropped. Um, but J. Will is saying he's sticking with his story on that. We're going to get to that in a second, Spencer. Uh, we've got to set the, actually, we don't have to because CBW in our Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk set the odds yesterday. Um, it's, it's highly entertaining. Uh, we recommend that you get a subscription and follow Q Sports Talk on Twitch. But also get up on Twitter, too, because it the back and forth is great here. So now Mark Larson of Spectrum Sports is suggesting the top two finishers between him, Nico, and Mario move on and maybe Axe is in there. But then they take on Kate Calloway and Alex Sims in a battle of the sexes. I, I, they'll wipe the floor with those guys. It won't be pretty. I'm, I'm just, no offense, guys, but I, I know you're out there and I know you're all engaged on this. But the Sportzilla Open is going to be fun. Uh, but it's not going to just be one match. It's, it seems like it's going to be a series of matches yeah. throughout the course of the summer. So you're saying our summer will be filled with entertainment? We've, I can't wait. We've also got a lot of fresh faces that we've got a book onto the Sports Illa show. When we get started next Wednesday after the fact, uh, we've got to get some answers to all this. Future golf if, champion Alex Sims and Kate Calloway. Then we have to set up the next match. I'm... I, I don't want to pick my definitive favorite, but I am leaning Mark Larson right now. Uh, and the did ma- you say Alex Sims a little while ago? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Fine. I got to keep him honest. He no, yeah. be honest. No, yeah. out of the three, throwing him under the bus. I mean, that's just what you do, glue guy. Out of those three, because Axe is trying to weasel his way in as the fourth. I but, see that. but I'm pushing. No offense, Axe, but I'm pushing for 
Alex Sims to get on this, but if Mark wants to keep it separate, let those three, those guys play, and then two of them move on to play the ladies, that could be the way to do this. Um, by the way, Brent Axe has Gary Gate on the air, on the block, at 5.20 today. He'll continue that conversation. We shared with you quite a bit of audio from Gary's press conference earlier today in dealing with the subject of John Desco retiring and what a mentor he's been and what he's meant to him. I'm sure Axe will have a lot more on that. Wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. So that is the first of our sports kerfuffles here on ESPN Radio and the Sports Illa Show. Now we can get into Jay Will, KD, Kevin Durant, of course, and Giannis. Um, He's thin-skinned, talking about KD. Uh, He's got the burner accounts. He reacts badly to these things. He made an issue out of something that now, the more I listen to Jay Will speak on this, I'm sitting there going... He's giving him a compliment. He was was praising him. He was complimenting him. And then KD went out the other night, and you've got game three tonight, and I expect the Nets and KD... To just steamroll. To just annihilate the Bucs now. I don't see a path for the Bucs. Maybe they do win one at home. I understand that's a factor and a variable in this, but I just don't see it. They're doing this without Harden. But KD reacted badly. Jay Will is like, no, man, I'm not backing off what I said. This happened. My job is to tell stories. Maybe you're upset because you thought it was a personal conversation, but I didn't. I don't think he disparaged him in any ways. He's, he said basically he's the best player on the planet right now. So what's the issue with this other than giving us great material to talk about in the kerfuffle? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the person who comes out in this situation looking the best is Giannis. Pretty much. I mean, he's just kept his mouth shut. You know, he hasn't fed into it, and I, I think he looks like the mature one here. Um, you know, and I I actually I, I disagree with you, Rain, in the sense that I think the Bucks come out, and I think they take game three. Really? They're coming off that 39-point loss in Brooklyn. They're back at home for the first time in this series. So you're saying they answer the bell. I think they answer the bell, and Giannis has a monster game. And I think that the Nets are in their head, and I think that they have given up, and I don't think that there's anything. I don't think there's enough fight or a better statement. Not that there's not enough fight. I don't think there's enough talent to combine with the fight on the Bucks to match the depth of the Nets, and especially with KD playing the way he is. And you know something? Kyrie hasn't even gone off yet, and James Harden's rehabbing his leg. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't think the Bucks have nearly enough to to really climb back in the series and, and have a chance to take the series, but I do think, you know, they're, they're in for one of those outlier games like you saw with the Celtics and, and Jason Tatum. Um, I think that, you know, they're poised for that. Um, I think Giannis can have, a, can have a big game and kind of quietly for a night. How many points uh, do you project Giannis to have? 37. Tonight. So tonight. Not, a, not a 50 burger. No, not a 50, but a 30. he's going to have 37. He's going to have like nine rebounds, six assists. He's, he's going to have a nice little game. Let me share with you the words of Mike Fratello talking about the Bucks. A former coach and analyst in the NBA. I'm sure you know the Czar, I believe, is what they used to call him. Was that his nickname? Czar. Some, I believe so, yeah. Somebody in Q Sports Talk Twitch.tv in the comments section, is that the right nickname, Mike Fratello, the Czar? And even if he's not, this is what he said. Brooklyn is such a powerful team in scoring points. If your team has a problem against in a certain area, you're going to really struggle uh, to win. I, I'm, I'm looking for no to go back home and really show something at the defensive end of the floor that they haven't done yet. I'm wondering where the defense gone in the first two games. But 
that can be said a lot against Brooklyn because they score so many points. He's ultimately saying that they have to have a little bit of pride and they have to step up their effort and they have to step up every aspect of their game tonight. And you didn't see that. It felt like they quit. Yeah. If if you want if 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 you're Giannis and you know you're not being vocal about it, but you want to be able to be compared to the best in the world, you have to show it. I mean, and 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 these moments in the playoffs with you know backs against the wall, things are not looking great. You need to step up in order to be one of those players in the conversation. I mean, look at how much Trey Young has been catapulted because of his performance in the playoffs so far. You know, if you're Giannis, you you, you gotta. There's like you said, there's gotta be some fight. Well, I wonder, does KD take extra motivation out of that? And does he come out, glue guy? Is that why he's so thin-skinned? It's self-motivation? Is, no. He, he, ta- likes to, he likes to be angry at the world, and that motivates him to play better on the court. He takes that personal, like Michael Jordan used to, to misperceive the slightest of slights and use that as motivation and go out and demolish somebody. Is that what he wants to do again tonight? Because if Kevin Durant comes back out and is Kevin Durant arguably the best player on the planet. He's going to embarrass Giannis again. He's just an overall better basketball player. And if he shuts down Giannis again in his home court, holy cow, the narrative. You want to talk about a kerfuffle uh, continuing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but do you, like, do you, are you really trying to say that Kevin Durant has the same mental makeup as Michael Jordan? Because to me, I don't see it as Kevin Durant is, is, is you know, gaining bullet, bullet and board material to motivate him. I think if he's quiet and he takes care of business, that might be what he's doing. He he just he just cannot have anybody. Per, you know, he can't perceive anybody talking badly about him. I, I don't think it's motivation. I really just think he's 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 a crybaby. Kevin cries about it, whines about it, and makes it public. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. But are you telling me that Michael wasn't thin-skinned? He didn't say anything. Obviously, there was no social media to air that either. No, you didn't tweet it back then. But it bothered him. Maybe he internalized it, but perhaps used that. But he took it out on his teammates in right. practice. Yeah. But I just, well, thin-skinned, I feel like, is if you complain, if you show the fact that you're annoyed. I think if you internalize it, like, you you can be affected by something, but if you take the time to address it and complain about it and, and you know, uh, um, I don't know, can I, and be, you know, the... Uh, the what? Be about it. Can I say that on the radio? Oh, be about it. Oh, um, be about it. You know, like, rhymes with which? Yeah, yeah. we got I, your point. I, yeah, Go yeah, yeah. If if you do that, I mean, it's just that's thin skin. I think with Jordan, it, it was different. He was like, you you want to say something about me? All right, I'm just going to dominate you. Um, that's not thin skinned. You know, it, it once you you go out of your way to address those things, show people that you. Um, can't take what they have to say. That's thin-skinned. If you listen to what they say, and like, all right, I'm just going to go out and, and beat you. In different That's- in different areas of of basketball, Michael, when he played, he took what he took, used that as motivation to be successful, elite and dominant on the court. And perhaps Kevin Durant goes about it a different way. Uh, maybe it is his thin skin, but he does seem to go out and perform and shut people's mouth absolutely he's the old keep my name out your mouth that that's basically how he lives one way or the other they both get it done don't argue or i say i'll fight you about kd tonight i think he outperforms Giannis. fair enough metaphorically speaking <laughs> and we'll deal with that the next time we talk all right quick break here sports illustrate show that's our kerfuffle boy we didn't even get to the garrett cole josh donaldson one. Oh yeah that's right because it never became one fingers crossed 
we hope that it does. Hope this gets spicy. I don't feel like Garrett Cole's going to let it get that way. Hmm. If Josh Donaldson got a couple hits off him last night, though, you would have seen him run his mouth. He would have handled it totally different. This is ESPN Radio. We're going to come back. We've got John Shestakovsky from the Baseball Hall of Fame on the phones next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. And Spencer Davidson with us today. John Shestakovsky is on the line right now, VP of Communications, and a, well, a much longer title with much the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Spencer spoke to him yesterday, uh, locked him in for us today. Uh, before I kick it over to you, yeah. Spencer, and let you start us off. I just wanted to have John share with our listening audience basically where we ended up the conversation for for the Twitch audience at Q Sports Talk on what it's like to walk into the Baseball Hall of Fame every day working there. And I can't imagine it ever gets old. I've walked through the Hall of Fame literally countless times. I have no idea how many number of times in my entire life. And I, and I said, I feel like a seven-year-old the first time I went there, every time I go there, it's just got to be a fantastic place to work, John. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's so special. You know, I've worked uh, in baseball now for almost 20 years, first for a minor league team, then at Fenway Park every day when I worked for the Red Sox for about 10 years, and now here at the Hall of Fame. And uh, really, this is just one of the most special, probably the most special places in the whole game. The plaque gallery itself just has that sacred feel. And I have the the pleasure to be able to, every, every day when I walk into the office, I walk right past the plaque gallery i i stop i I take a look i take a deep breath and it really is the best way to start any day no matter what's bothering you or what stresses you might have a bad bad weather day it'll recenter you pretty quickly and um it is certainly a blessing in in my life to be able to to work here and be a part of the game um at this level man i can't i can't imagine what you feel because i just got chills listening to that same um same now john uh you know just a, a quick recap of yesterday the baseball hall of fame announced that in induction the induction ceremony uh honoring the class of 2020 is going to be moved to wednesday september 8th it's going to be in front of a limited number of spectators whereas the last time it was or the previous plan was just solely a television only event so you know all that being said just how exciting is it for the Baseball Hall of Fame to now be planning to have a, a slightly closer to normal celebration uh, of, of inductees uh, getting enshrined? Well, it, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's really hard to put into words how we feel, how thrilled we are, how excited we are. You know, the number one goal here is always service to the game, service to our community, service to the fans. And uh, this, this, um, change allows us to do just that, um, to, to create a ceremony uh, that's uh, going to be just wonderful for fans to be able to participate, to be able to be here, um, and for our local community, the Cooperstown area and the Cooperstown community to be able to join in and uh, and be a larger part of what will be a tremendous um, ceremony and, and moment in the game's history. Um, you know, obviously, we have a four-person uh, class of 2020 that we're going to be celebrating on September 8th. 
Derek Jeter, Ted Simmons, Larry Walker, and Marvin Miller. And the three ball players there, Jeter, Walker, Simmons, all incredibly uh, popular fan favorites. You know, Derek is, is uh, close by and, um, you know, a transcendent uh, talent. And, um, you know, it's just incredible. It's appropriate for us. It's just it, it, it's the way it should be to have them celebrated in front of their fans. Um, and uh, I hope you can tell the excitement in my voice. We're just <laughs> so thrilled. We're just so so happy that we're able yep. to uh, to share this with 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 the baseball community. Um, do you ever did you ever find out who that one? And we assume it had to be. And I know you work there, but we assume it had to be some Red Sox writer <laughs> that's responsible for Derek not being unanimous. Because I just can't figure that out as a lifelong Yankees fan. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't have any names to drop here. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I mean. We say it all the time. Whether you get 100% of the vote, yeah. 99% of the vote, or 75% of the vote, you're a member of the Hall of Fame, and you're here in Cooperstown. Your legacy will be celebrated forever. The 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 votes that the vote that matters is the one that gets you over the hump, not the one that keeps you from being unanimous. That's absolutely right. I wonder, do you see the steroid era players and? Uh, them accumulating enough votes to hit that percentage to get in softening. Is this a veterans committee type of thing? And I think, you know, some of the players that I'm alluding to, or how is that going to be handled over time in, in your opinion? You know, it is a great question. It's one of those unknowns. And as as I'm sure you're aware, you know, the Hall of Fame itself, this institution doesn't um, get involved in the actual voting. Um, but, you know, from what we see, it's, it's um, you know, it kind of stagnated a little bit on the baseball writer's side. Um, for some of the some of the individuals, I think you're referring to, um, but you know anything can happen. I think they're heading into their final year, um, at least a couple of those big names, and uh, you can never say never. Um, you know the era committees uh, would be the next step uh, for consideration, and um, like we say, like we always say, history, uh, the lens of history changes over time, and um, it's impossible to say, you know forever or never. Um, and so that's kind of why these committees exist uh, for the further evaluation. Um, and, and that's what will take place um, should they not be elected as part of the writer's process this coming year. Speaking with John Shestakovsky, the Vice President of Communications and Education at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown here on the SportsZilla Show. Uh, you know, John, the last year has been so tough uh, for so many people, for, for all of us, really. Um, it's, it's hard to take positives out of it, but I think we're all looking for silver linings here. Do you think, based on the situation last year, not being able to have an induction ceremony, but the entire world was kind of put on, on a standstill, is that kind of a blessing in, in disguise maybe in the sense that, you know, nobody was, in, was, in, in, uh, was elected to the Hall of Fame this year? We wouldn't have really been able to have a celebration and now we come back and, you know, it, it's almost like we appreciate the celebration that we are able to have more. Do you think that that's kind of a, a, a blessing that it's kind of turned out this way? Well, it, uh, it, it's really interesting. It's interesting when you think about it that way. Um, and, you know, the world works in mysterious ways sometimes. But um, you're right. You know, we wouldn't have had a celebration this year um, because we did not, you know, for the first time in a very long time, did not have um, anyone elected as part of the class of 2021. But look, we are able to celebrate some of the game's all-time greatest um, 
from uh, the elections of 2020. Um, and, uh, you know, we did have to wait a bit longer. But I always say, you know, uh, we, these guys waited a long time. You know, Ted Simmons played into, I believe, the early 90s. You know, Derek uh, had his five years of waiting time um, after playing. Um, one more year is only going to make the moment that much sweeter. And I think the same can be said for the fans as well. Um, coming through so much difficulty, I, I really look forward to this moment um, as something incredibly positive that all of baseball is going to rally around. I feel like uh, we got to throw the word serendipity out there, right? Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like to me. John Chestikovsky with the Baseball Hall of Fame with us here on ESPN Radio. You have had some unique access, uh, not just to this class that's coming in, uh, but what you said about 20 years you've been at the Hall of Fame now. So is there any memory, the first thing that might pop into your head with the access or your ability to be behind the scenes and something that obviously you can share. I'm sure there's things that happen off the record, but do you have a, just a story about a player that's come through over the years that's being inducted uh, that might be fun or interesting to our listeners, or maybe something uh, personal to you that meant a lot? Well, I guess two things come to mind. You know, I've, I've been in baseball 20 years here at the hall of fame. It's just a different, it's a different perspective. What I love about being here, you know, in, in the minor leagues, when I worked in the minor leagues, it, it's about staying afloat. It's about getting fans in the ballpark. That's the goal, you know, make enough money to continue forward. Um, when you're working in the major leagues for, for a ball club, everyone's pulling towards W's. You got to win, you have to win. And when you win, you win together. Um, but here, it's just a different perspective. You're almost looking at the game from 30,000 feet above. Yeah. You're seeing how, um, how you know, generations of fans can connect, how families can connect, mothers and fathers, and, um, and, and, and how uh, grown adults can become kids when they look back into their own history. So, I, I, you know, it's not about Red Sox versus Yankees anymore. We're all kind of friends when you, when you walk through the doors at the Hall of Fame. And I have two little stories, you know, one personal for me and one related to a Hall of Famer that kind of illustrate that. Um, when my father turned uh, turned 70 years old, my brother and I took him out here. It was before I actually um, joined the Hall of Fame as an employee, and um, it was his first visit to the museum. He grew up a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Awesome. And he, he got to see so many Brooklyn Dodgers artifacts related to his favorite players, Duke Snyder, Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax. But the moment where he saw that the cornerstone of Ebbets Field is is on display in our exhibit here about ballparks. Yeah. Um, it, it, we stopped. We touched it. We, we I think he shed a tear, and it was an incredibly special moment. We all took a picture in front of it, and um, it became really, you know, one of the more special moments of, of my life, and I'm going to cherish that trip uh, forever. Um, and, you know, you see it when Hall of Famers come through. We have a welcome movie that goes through baseball history and how today's game connects to um, players past. Ken Griffey Jr., um, you know, connecting to uh, um, connecting to uh, Willie Mays, uh, Babe Ruth connecting to um, some sluggers of today. Um, and, uh, and I've seen grown men, Hall of Famers, with tears in their eyes when they leave that film. Um, and I guess the one, one example from the last few years, I, I think about Edgar Martinez, um, of Puerto Rican descent, who came in 
uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, the first time he got a private tour of the Hall of Fame, uh, we, we were able to show him the, the baseball cap that Roberto Clemente wore uh, when he recorded his 3,000th and final hit um, as, a, as a major leaguer uh, before his tragic passing. And uh, if you know uh, Latino baseball and you know, um, you know the, uh, the way that they revere Roberto Clemente, yes. um, as, as, as we all do, um, but he is the Babe Ruth of baseball in, in not only Puerto Rico, but um, the Caribbean island nations. And uh, it, it was just really special to, to see that kind of connection and what it meant to him to be holding that piece of, of history that connected him with his own childhood, growing up as a fan of Clemente and everything that he means to that um, to that island. So, you know, it, it's the emotion here, and um, and that that's what we love. We love to make people um, bring people back to their childhood and connect people. Uh, you know, based on on the game storylines and its history that we can all relate to. Yeah, just kind of just to piggyback quickly off of what you said. I mean, I was in the plaque gallery when Edgar Martinez came for his visit. And, you know, when they when they had him stand in front of Roberto Clemente's plaque, um, you could just tell he was just trying to take it in. Um, He he was like any other baseball fan, just standing there in absolute reverence. It was it was it was quite the, the scene to see. It really was. John Shestakovsky mm-hmm. is with us here, VP of Communications and Education with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, you succeeded in giving me the chills a few times while we <laughs> talked today, John. Uh, so for that, I would like to invite you back. Let's make sure we have him back on the phones again sure. prior to September 8th. I'd love to talk to you some more. John, really grateful for the time. Thank you so much. Really had a blast. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And, yes, we will talk again sometime between now and our induction on September 8th. Outstanding. Up next on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio, we're going to get to something called Odds Makers with Jordan Capozzi. Jordan Capozzi is here to hijack a segment with his word of the day. No cap that I preach him. It's not really a verb. So I just have to say. Big preach. With a Sportzilla show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Preach the noty. He's that guy. It appears to me that Pauly Sibili is looking for free golf clubs from Mario Sacco, that has to do with our sports kerfuffle or this Sportzilla Open golf match that's going to set off other golf matches throughout the course of the summer. Uh, but Pauly Scabilia also, I think he just threw J-Cap, Jordan Capozzi, uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I'm <laughs> teaching Spencer all of his nicknames. Uh, I think he threw him under the bus. Uh, word of the day, since Jordan didn't actually have one, uh, he's nominated the word skeezer. Is it better to be a skeezer? Is it better to be a skeezer or a boomer? But I don't know what a skeezer is. Teach us. Rain, I, I'm sorry to switch up in it. I've actually got one. Oh. It came to me. Okay. And it's not skeezer, and I just ruined everything. But I do have one, and it's something that's been getting thrown around a lot on uh, on TK99 in the mornings. Um, and it is side piece. Oh. <laughs> that might be a more appropriate place for it than sports talk. I don't know. Uh, but, but I'll stay with you here. Okay, how can we make this sports related? Go ahead. I'd love to hear this. How do we make this sports related? Well, let's put it this way. So we'll say like in Milwaukee for the past couple of years, you know, Giannis, Giannis is the main and Chris Middleton gets no respect. He's kind of the side piece out yeah. there. Everybody, everybody's calling Giannis the A player. They're just kind of realizing that he might not be the A player. Middleton might not be the side piece much longer. We're going to respect Chris Middleton from now on. So Julius Randle became 
he's well, he's he's going to slide back into being a side piece probably after the Knicks sign hopefully one or two key free agents yeah. after being the alpha, right? Is that how this works? Like the I main roll. the yeah. main guy? Yeah. I'm, I'm asking. If the, yeah, no, you're right. So if the Knicks get like a Damian Lillard or something, that does make Julius Randle the side piece. That's a pretty oh, good side piece. But that also means. So does that mean Kyrie Irving is a side piece? Ooh, that's Ooh. true. See that, like that that gets tough. See when you first brought that up, I was thinking something like, and this is not nearly as good, but like a like a backup hockey stick, like on the bench. That's like your side. <laughs> that's like your side piece. You got you got your stick, but then if that breaks, you got your side piece. This is good, Jordan, okay. because we're able to use side piece in a totally different context than I ever thought it meant in my life. <laughs> so what skeezer mean? We got to come yeah, up I'm with still, the, yeah, the, the definition of that. Yeah, now. what is a skeezer? You guys thought. <laughs> is Polly Sabilia a skeezer? Polly Scabilia is a skeezer. That's what we're going to leave is. it at. He's an old geezer, a skeezer, and a few other words. That's pretty funny. We're used, we're turning his own word against him. Now he has to tell us what a skeezer is. Exactly. Polly, jump in on this at some point. Sportsilla Show ESPN Radio with Jordan Capozzi with us. Uh, your main takeaways from the Gary Gate press conference. We've shared some audio from that. We know Brent Axe has him on today at 520. Uh, we've gone back and forth with our conversation. Where are you at with Gary Gate, the legend following the legend, John Desco? I mean, when we uh, had that on Orange Nation, something south that really resonated with me. And it was how Gary Gate's talking about wanting to keep things, you know, fun. We heard Evan Malloy talking yesterday on Orange Nation about how that was one of John Desco's best traits as a coach is that he was able to keep things light. Even when there was pressure, he made things fun. Well, Gary Gate talking about him wanting to keep things exciting and fun and push the envelope. That's good. You know, we want this energy to be high. We, we don't want someone to come in even as great as Gary Gate and, kill the vibes which he's not going to do he's very adamant on making sure he keeps everything the same all the players happy and if you got a good team chemistry the morale is high they're going to play way better we saw that this season morale was low didn't get the results you wanted yeah and and you know that being said um you know i I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the relationship between desco and, and gate you know the fact that they said that they spoke a few times they're going to sit down and speak. Just how valuable is that to have kind of the seamless relationship to help this this transition and have Desco, you know, take this so well and still be well, willing to be around the program and, and help out in that sense? Yeah, I mean, we know about John Desco's class, but you cannot get any better than just getting to sit down, chat with him, a little transition doc, if you will. Well, we don't even need a transition doc because, like you said, John Desco's going to still be there in some capacity. He'll be able to get Gary Gate whatever information he needs. Maybe if he has since coaching the women's game, kind of picked up some habits that won't be the same in the men's game coaching, Desco will be able to square that out with him. But, I mean, he'll get a lot of help. But also, this is Gary Gate we're talking about. This is like a dream team that you're going to have at the helm of this SU men's lacrosse team. It's it's very exciting. It's is what's better? Not one, but two, kind of. Is Total Eclipse of the '80s Paulie's like burner Twitch account? Uh, that is his uh, Twitch account. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> so that's actually at Q Sports Talk Twitch TV on the radio ESPN Radio. It's a Sports Illa show. Um, there's a very funny conversation that has spawned off of Paulie mentioning the word skeezer. Feel free to jump in there if you want to. Glue guy is going to take us 
in another direction, though, Jordan. So, obviously, Jordan, you've been hearing about the Sportzilla. What do we call it? Is it going to be the Invitational? The Sportzilla the Open. Open? Okay. Yep. So, what are your odds on Nico winning, Mark Larson winning, and Mario Sacco winning, Jordan? Are those the only three? Right now? And uh, so far, but it seems like it keeps getting added. Axe is trying to weasel in. Uh, oh. Alex Sims has thrown her hat in the ring, and we think that she'd take them all out. There's a lot of other moving parts. This is probably going to turn into the two winners from that match on Tuesday, ultimately playing Alex. And who was the other one? Uh, Kate Calloway. And Kate Calloway in a battle of the sexes. And then that would probably spawn further matches throughout the rest of the summer. But who are your initial odds on? Oh, my gosh. Um, so if we're just going three, I'm not saying Mark Larson's not a nice guy because he is. But Nico and Mario, something about their smiles, something about the charm. Something tells me Mark's going to be going a little harder than those guys. It's, it's just my initial impression. Mark seems like a competitor. So I'm going to have to give him kind of the favorite spot, maybe maybe like a plus 150 because okay. we can't have anybody <laughs> – you can't have anybody as favorite money. Um, we have I've seen odds. Mario with the fish. We have <laughs> <laughs> we have odds that are out on Twitter. Uh, by the way, if the Twitch chat isn't enough for you, uh, the I don't know the kerfuffle going on on Twitter is highly entertaining in and of itself. If you go find Mario Sacco's initial tweet, there's a whole thread now being built off of it. So so based on that, if Mark Larson wins, who comes in second between Mario and Nico? Well, regardless, those two will be pl- oh. will would be playing the girls, and and that being the case, who would your odds be in favor of in that match? Maybe the Sportzilla Open Part Two. G- give me Alex and Kate. Yeah, <laughs> all day. Agreed. One hundred percent. It's up there on Twitter. That's an easy read. They've got to be like minus two hundred favorites. <laughs> Eric Columbia but, said the course is actually what's going to be worse for where he works over with, obviously, with Mario at News Channel 9. I think he might have something there. They're going to replace your divots, boys. Remember your golf etiquette. That's all I have to say. Uh, this is some good stuff, and, and I'm just kind of amazed that Axe wants in on this, too. He, he doesn't want that heat. Does he want to lose money? I'm telling you. Is there money on the line on this, too? Aside from question. The, aside from the betting line, yeah. are there going to be wagers on the course? I mean, next Wednesday is going to be unbelievable on the air when we get everybody talking smack about this. And I hear that DraftKings and FanDuel are picking this up for their betting <laughs> services, so... Uh, you can you can you can log on and, and and place your bets. You know, but how come there's no love for the Utica area? I'm never included in these things. Like it's not that far of a drive. I could make it. What's up with that, guys? I think we should have Spencer replace Brent because I know Brent does the crunch street hockey. I'm afraid he's going to get in there and Happy Gilmore at him and Nico both. Yeah, that's a, the 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 street hockey thing is a sore subject with me. I've been trying to I've been trying to get in that <laughs> game for, for for like six years. So. Jordan, we got about a minute left with you. I want to ask you seriously, uh, NBA tonight, Nets, Bucks. I am of the opinion that the Nets go in there, even though it's in Milwaukee, and they demolish them. I don't think that Giannis is as good of a basketball player, point blank, as KD. I think KD, with all the crap that's been going on, is going to be motivated, and I think the Nets wipe the floor with them. I want to know if you think they win that, and I want to know who you think wins between the Clippers and the Jazz. Let me say that I, last I checked, it was uh, Bucks minus three and a half as favorites. I think that's, I don't know what's going on. Like, prove me wrong if you want, but that's stupid. Um, take the Nets money line. Like, I don't know why anyone thinks the Nets are losing a game ever again with, without Harden. Clippers, Mavericks. I'm, I'm wondering, or no, sorry, Jazz. Yeah, they just did away with the Mavericks. 
Um, I mean, if Donovan Mitchell is going to drop 45 every single night, the Jazz are going to be a really tough team to beat, um, even without Mike Conley, who's going to be out again. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Clippers are going to even this one up. I just think being without Mike Conley two nights, uh, it's a lot. It's I, Donovan Mitchell can only do so much, and I know he's got more 40-point games than, than Shaq and Kareem, and I know you all saw the stat on Twitter, but the Clippers, they've shown that they can overcome adversity. I think they even it up. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, you know, I was going to ask you about the Suns and the Nuggets, but clearly with no Jamal Murray and the X factor of Chris Paul leading the charge for the Suns, uh, when it's all said and done, Phoenix is up to nothing. I don't think the Nuggets stand a chance, but we'll catch up with that yeah. at a later date. That's Jordan Capozzi. Nice enough to join us today for Oddsmakers. It's ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated. Show. We're going to come right back with the last thing we'll say today. Uh, we'll get you ready for Brent Axe and Gary Gate. After four, the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Okay. Well, so we've made some amazing adjustments, and okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Some rumors out there who might be Gary Gates' defensive coordinator. He giggled a little bit. I believe it was Donna Detota talking about that when that question was asked during the press conference. Uh, our guy, Brent Axe, was able to talk to Gary Gate. You're going to hear that interview at 520 today. Axe will tell you about it. I'm sure he's just a few minutes away when you get on the block. Uh, I'm curious if he has if he's going to address the sports he'll open and him trying to weasel his way in there to become the fourth. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be frustrated having to sign out tonight at 6 o'clock for Yankees on deck. So we'll see at 604. But I'm bumped. Spencer, do you have some fun? I, I had a blast, guys. I do have one quick grievance, though. Okay. You, you you mentioned you mentioned my logo shirts last time, how I only wear polos. I'm wearing a women's hockey Pyeongchang gold medal USA hockey shirt right now. Nobody said anything. You did you did say you have uh, graphic T-shirts, and there it is for the Twitch cameras. We expect one next Tuesday when you're with us again. Axe is up next. It's ESPN Radio. We'll see you at 6 for Yankees on Deck.